0: Hey, what's good, everyone, and welcome back to Citywide Blackout. Your home for music, movies, and more. I am your host, Max Bowen. Now, before we get into the show, I've got a question for everyone. Have you ever heard a song and thought, holy shit, I have got to hear everything else this band does? That was my thought when I first heard the new single, In My Head, by four minutes later. I heard it, I loved it, and I just tore through all their songs right after that. And as I did that, I learned more about the group, their history and their story. And I said, this is amazing because their whole career started with just one tweet saying music is coming from those three words. It went on for years as people tried to figure out who are the folks behind this group. And just recently Junior and Moon got to reveal themselves, got to reveal the new project and everything they have going on. And we talk all about their origin. And their very distinct alien pop style of sound. So kick back, relax, and enjoy. Uh four minutes later, Junior Moon here in their soon to be converted studio. Guys, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having us. No, no, problem. Pleasure to be here. no problem. So I actually want to hear first about um uh, the studio. Uh, you mentioned prior to us recording that this was a converted barn, so how did all that uh, come to be? Uh,
1: yeah, so it's actually, it's, uh, I'm very lucky. I, I
0: mean, we're both very
1: lucky that we have very supportive families, um, moved into a new property, and there is a, uh, an old hay barn here, an old hay loft, so horses on the bottom, and, and you know, we're way out in the country, so it's horses in the bottom and hay up top, and so we uh, completely renovated it, you know, insulated it, drywalled it. Uh, we're just finishing up kind of some sound treatments, and, and then it'll be good to go as a kind of live room for a studio and a rehearsal space and all that.
0: Damn, and the two of you are doing like the work yourselves.
2: Uh, yeah, I wish. I'm not <laughs> not that handy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I I might not be able to play guitar, lose a finger during the rent. I don't know.
0: Hey, you know, sacrifices, man, sacrifices. I mean, I mean,
2: some of it, like the sound, the sound
1: treatment, treatment and stuff. Like, yeah, we're we're building some sound baffles and and that kind of stuff. Uh, the easy work, uh, but yeah, any of that stuff, I'm sure it probably wouldn't be to code if I finished it with <laughs> duct tape and popsicle sticks. <laughs>
0: As long as it doesn't catch on fire, I guess you're good to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the reason I asked that question is that you guys seem to be a very uh, much like DIY kind of band. Like you started in, um, um, in 2018 with just like this one tweet saying, uh, music coming soon. And that just kind of got the ball rolling, got some attention. And from there on out, you've been doing like your music, the videos. How did the group uh, come together?
2: Uh, well, it actually started uh, as a bit of a side project. Both uh, Junior and I were playing in a, another band together at the time. And uh, we were just trying to write music together, as, I mean, any band does. And uh, we uh, we found that we're, some of the music we're writing wasn't fitting into our current project. And we thought it would be a cool idea just to have a side project that no one knew about. And we would just, whatever wasn't fitting under our current band, we could just release anonymously under this new project, which we called Four Minutes Later. And so that's kind of the original idea behind Four Minutes Later. And then of course, it, it through that tweet and through uh, trending on, on Twitter, took on its own life and, and grew to such a way that, that we just took the ball and ran with it. We said, this is what we gotta do. This is what we love doing, making music not, doesn't matter what genre. I mean, we still live in the pop world, but um, those little subgenres that exist—it it didn't really matter. We could just write what we're free to write what we want and and be able just to share it, oh. not be held to a mold.
0: I get you. I get you. Um, how different would you say is Four Minutes Later from the other projects that uh, that uh, that you were involved with at the time?
1: My thoughts on it are are. It's both very different and not so different. I mean, very different in the sense that it's two of us. So a band is like a marriage. And whenever there's uh, creative, creativity involved and everyone's passionate about something, um, certain things that you might want have to be, you know, uh, compromised on or let go of or a vision that you have or something for someone else's to keep the the peace, I guess we'll call it. Um, so with two of us, there's a lot more of just our own direct creative input and we're both very much on the same page but also very different so it a pull and tug if you will that like we complement each other in a sense that we agree on a lot but then we also add to each other's ideas um so that aspect is very different that it's it's strictly like our baby it's our project um but very similar in the sense that we are in a pop background so you know the pop rock stuff has always been part of our, our love and life. But we we now feel the freedom with Four Minutes Later to be able to in, include the rock elements in the, you know, whatever element we feel going into a studio session, whatever it turns out as. And as long as we're passionate about it and happy about it, that's the way it turns out.
0: Okay. Um, now you mentioned that when you first put the word out about this, you did your best to keep this all like under wraps. But how hard was that keeping this from like your friends and family that you guys <clears throat> were doing a brand new project? It was super hard. Super hard. I mean,
1: to, to, especially being involved in music, everyone's always asking you, Hey, are you working on anything you're working? And just to kind of brush it off was my hardest part. Um, you know, to, to have to bump elbows with people. And obviously there were certain people that had to know, um, you know, any producers were working with writers, things like that. They obviously, but you know, they, they were very good about honoring kind of the secrecy with it. Um, you know, anyone who worked with us, our fans were very diligent at sending them messages like, hey, have you seen what they look like? You know, whatever. It's And we'd always have fun with it. So it was hard in the sense, you know, it's something we're proud of and I'm proud of. So to think of, think of the thing you're most proud of in your life and to not be able to share that with people and just kind of keep it under wraps, that's pretty hard. But it means that I can keep a secret. So <laughs>
2: It it was kind of it was kind of nice though when when we did finally do the reveal to be able to uh, share more than just um, one song or a concept and to be able to say hey look at what we created you know look at this this universe this four minutes later universe that we were able to um, create and uh, you know and a little bit of a catalog for people to listen to right off the bat of our friends
0: and family and. Um, yeah, so that was really cool for me. Nice, nice. I I imagine it, um it must have been like a lot of fun just to like had this thing that you guys were like carrying around for the longest time. Like like uh, how long did you have to keep this thing under wraps before you could finally reveal it? Well, 3 3, <laughs> three years. years. 3 yeah, COVID, years. Yeah, Yeah. Oh wow. COVID,
2: COVID definitely delayed our, our plans with everything that that we are hoping to do for uh, t- the end of 2019 uh, and into 2020, um, so we ended up pushing it back the extra year. But uh, I mean, we took that opportunity to do more songwriting and, and and do that. But yeah, for three years, we we kept under wraps, and and our fan base was patiently or, or impatiently, in some cases, waiting for us to. They just want to know what you, we look like. You know, we just want to see your face. We don't care what you look like. We just want to see it um we got that a lot but yeah it was a lot of fun but we're really excited about this next phase of of yeah like it's from
1: 2018 till a month ago essentially like it's it's still brand new right like it's still so fresh for us to to even be able to be out in public and be like hey yeah check out my band like it's it's super cool and and just people like you know some friends that are also in the industry and like they were taken back by it. And Oh my God, like getting the nicest messages from them. And then even some of the messages like, Oh, I knew, but I kept my mouth shut. And it's like, what do you mean you knew? And it's like, Oh, I, I found out I saw you, you know, I saw you guys on social media. I saw one of the ads or something and recognized your voice or like just random things like that. That it's still like coming out of the woodwork. That's super cool.
0: That's really good that your friends were able to like keep quiet too, because I could be honest. If I knew I'd be like so guys, I kind of heard about this thing that you're doing here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no for sure and that's that's the the beauty of it, right? Is some of them to know that to know that they have your best interest. So
0: Exactly. So uh how did it feel to finally put it out there that this is us, our new project. We are four minutes later.
2: Well, we we loved we loved the whole secrecy at the beginning and it it was it was a lot of fun for us, but, um, we felt like we're still missing, uh, I guess some of that normalcy that comes with just people knowing who you are and just having that, uh, connection with the fan base. We, we love connecting with our fans. Uh, you know, people, they listen to our songs and, and they take time to write us and we want to take the time to message them back and share, um, with them as well. Uh, you know, our lives and, and, Yeah, you know they share their lives with us so uh we're definitely missing out on that aspect of being able to create that connection felt a little impersonal but in a in a cool way so we we kind of we're lucky because i feel like we, we we've gotten the best of both worlds where we had that secrecy for a bit we experienced that uh to the point of of trending on on twitter and and then to now have the flip side of it, if people know who we are and now starting to build those connections and and, you know, fans try and figure out like, who, you know, who's who like for I, we make silly tweets sometimes like, oh, like I love pineapple on pizza and Junior doesn't. And so they're like, which one of you likes the pineapple on the pizza? Like you know, so they're they're figuring out, they're having fun figuring out who's who in the sense of who they've been talking to the past few years too. So
1: for anyone listening to this, yes, we are getting uh, moon help for that pineapple on
0: pizza thing. (laughs) We are getting him help. He's seeing a doctor. Don't worry. (laughs) That's good to know. It's really really good to know. (laughs) So you mentioned how the uh, about um, how COVID like hit things really hard. You had the plans; they had to get changed. But now that things are getting a little better, bands are talking about tours and shows. Are you making plans, or are things still kind of on hold for the time being?
1: Uh, it, it, it's both. So everything plans so far out in in the music world. Um, so we are. We're in. You know, always in talks, and we're we're trying to uh, plan something for when we both feel that it's responsible to do so as well. You know, like right now, maybe not the best time, um, you know, no judgment on those who are out there grinding. That's fantastic. You know, you're doing what you love and that's amazing. Um, I think it's just a, a matter of timing being right for us with uh, the album and with, you know, when it's safe to do so and safe to cross borders and do it to its full capacity. And, you know, we, the big thing for us too is we've never met these these fans before and they're going to come out with a lot of love and we want to be able to give them a giant hug back and, you know, get close to them and not have to worry about possibly, you know, someone falling ill from it. So I think it's a, a timing thing, but we are certainly, everything's, everything's in the works already for it. So we are, uh, we are hoping to uh, hit the road sooner than later. Cool. Cool. Uh, anything you can talk about right now? As far as live performances, nothing uh, confirmed. I, I, the typical, I will not confirm or deny, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's uh yeah, there's lots in the works. Nothing's been uh, confirmed. I don't want to jinx anything. So we, uh, you know, we can talk about that. We have a crap ton of music on the way. Um, we're always working on that. And, uh, that's, you know, the main goal of four minutes later is music first. So that's, that's what we're working on and, uh, just finishing off the next body of, of that. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully if we're being honest, hopefully come fall, we'll be, we'll be on the
2: road. And yeah, next next month we'll be flying out to the, our studio in Edmonton with the producers we work with out there and finishing off uh, finishing off the album, which is super exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the music because I have listened to basically everything you guys have up on spotify. i'm I'm totally like loving it. Um, cool, thank, thank you. thank. You. Yeah. Y- <laughs> No problem. And you describe it as Alien Pop, which I, I, I love that name. But how did you come up with that? How did you feel that that really described what the music is? Uh, well, it, the Alien logo kind of came on first.
2: Um, we we're working with a marketing company and they had kind of designed that. And at the time, uh, we were still anonymous. So um, that logo really spoke to us and, and we just loved the design. So we we went with that. Um, so that's been our, our band logo ever since. And then the way Alien Pop, it kind of just came directly from that. Like we said earlier, like we're, we're still, although we like to explore these subgenres, we're, we're still very much in the pop realm. And so the pop was the main thing. And then we had this Alien logo. And so we just basically combined the two. But really, it the, the reason behind it was just we're we we did not want to you know we would try like either submitting to playlists or getting our music out there and people would say oh well what genre are you and we're going well i i don't know what genre we are right we're just making music we love so let's call it alien pop because we're aliens and we're making pop music so this is alien pop and this is our brand of music and and th- that's our genre
1: and i think it allows us to be kind of uh creatively free in a sense that I get. I mean, any band really can put out any kind of music they like. But when you're when you're known as a pop artist, kind of like Taylor Swift, right? It, it took so long for her to actually come out and say, "Hey, I'm not a country artist anymore. I'm a pop artist." And she shouldn't actually have to do that. She should just be able to put out whatever kind of music she likes and not have a stamp to it. But um, and I think that's what that allows us to do. Alien pop, you know, for us by definition, alien means foreign, new. You know, it's it's not from here. So to not be you know, to not fit in the mold like everything else is kind of what we we want to do with it, and I think that's the best word to represent it.
0: Okay, I can definitely see this being utilized for like your live shows, you know, some kind of like a stage show with props and sets and all, all that jazz. Absolutely, I mean, our
1: our big thing is putting on the best live feel possible. It always has been, no matter what we've done, um, no matter what scale that's on, whether we're playing in someone's basement or playing a stadium, we want to make sure that people leave with a memorable experience and. Um, I think I think we've got the one thing we're never short on is is ideas. So I think we were definitely going to include that somehow. Nice.
2: Nice. What would you say has been like your biggest show so far? In 2019, I I toured with uh, a, a band called Cherry Pools. Uh, we we're actually in Boston. Um at the great Scott, which I'm, I don't even think is around anymore,
0: uh, they unfortunately the closed down. Yeah, they were uh, one of the unfortunate victims of uh, the shutdown. Supposedly, they are actually looking at a new location, but yeah, there's a lot of venues that unfortunately have to either close down completely or just like temporarily, of course.
2: Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's sad to see, but no, that was I love Boston was great. Unfortunately, we were only there for about 12 hours before we picked up and went to Pittsburgh, I think it was. But it was yeah, it was a long drive through the night to get there. But um, we uh, the biggest show I probably did would, would have been probably even before Cherry Pools um, when I was a teenager. Uh, I opened up for uh, Pete Best, the original drummer of the Beatles, and that was that was a super cool experience. And just to be able to say that is is unbelievable. I think so.
1: Yeah, I mean like myself, I've I've been fortunate enough to play with Marinus Trench and simple plan and uh, cute is what we aim for there's a throwback for you um, some some you know really cool bands that I grew up um, kind of admiring I've been very fortunate enough to share the stage a number of times with some of those guys.
0: All right all right any places on like your must play at list once that opportunity oh. arises? So
1: many. I mean, I mean, the dream, the dream would be to play a hometown stadium show, you know, Toronto Rogers Center or something like that. Um, But there's so many cool venues out there. Um, Pantages theater in Los Angeles, a big one for me. I saw Alice Cooper there a couple of years back and that was just such a cool theater and a great show. So that's memorable. I mean, there's, there's so many, I feel like every city um, has an iconic venue. And, And I mean, there's like, Red Rocks is, is one yeah. that's like obviously way up there on the bucket list, but it's like, it's just, every city has a cool, you know, whether it be a dive, like I've been fortunate enough to play the Elma combo here in, in Toronto, which is a, a very famous, you know, the stones played there and, and Steve Ray Vaughn recorded a live album. there, like, that was an iconic venue. Um, so there's, there's those hole in the walls for me that are really cool and, and have the nostalgia. And then there's like, Hey, let's play any stadium that'll have us. But, um, yeah, and then one, once uh, Elon
2: Musk builds a stadium <laughs> out on Mars with his new colony, we can uh, hopefully go out
0: there and play a show for <laughs> the Martians w- of Mars. I'm waiting for that, man, man. When's that going to happen? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. I'll have to figure out, uh,
1: <laughs> figure out how to get the sound system up there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figure um, Elon will um, uh, take Mars um, and Jeff Bezos will take like Neptune or something like that. Yeah. 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 Everyone gets drone planet. It'll be no. like Oprah. You get a planet. You get a planet. Oh, jeez. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I wanted to learn a little more about, though, the Canadian uh, music scene because I know, like, nothing about it. Who are some of the other um, uh, bigger names or names that we should all be looking for?
1: I mean, the, the funny thing is Canadian music always gets a, a kind of rap globally as being like oh it's so cute you're canadian but it's like if you look at canadian music as a whole we dominate the market globally like Bieber, we've got beaver sean mendes. mendes the weekend drake alessia Carr. like there's all all like you look at the grammys or or you know the billboard awards and like the top 10 probably six or seven of them are canadians right now so it's you know and then you go way back to like the brian adams and you know rush and all those bands so you know, we, we get a rap as being this cutesy kind of, oh, that's cute. You're not real music, but like it's, it's, you know, just as serious as the States. In fact, it's a very tough market to make it in because our country is so vast where in the States, if you want to tour, you can drive five hours and play the next city while in Canada, it's a lot of open field and space kind of in the middle part of our country that doesn't get many shows. So it's uh, but as far as artists, I mean,
2: Uh, yeah up and coming artists uh one that we've had the pleasure of working uh with and doing some songwriting with and uh, she's actually featured on bad love is laurel and she's fantastic and uh like her having her in the room as a songwriter is is such an experience like she's so good at what she does her songs just always seem to be amazing i love her her ep and um super talented yeah she's Recording a new album right now, which I cannot wait to hear. Um, so there's artists like that. There's other in the, uh, independent artists. Uh, the Mono Wales—they were the first uh, band recently to uh, first band to chart on, on Canadian radio as an independent act, and th- they're they're doing some killer stuff. Yeah, there's some great artists. Yeah. Revive the Rose is another one. Friends of ours who uh, they're more hard, more of the hard rock scene, um, but. Again, another band just absolutely killing it. Huh.
0: I never knew that um, Canadian artists got that kind of rap as being like, "Oh, you're not like real music." That's it's uh, interesting.
1: It, it kind of and and I mean, I guess part of that is because the states dominates everything, right? Like the states is is the dominant market for anything—film, you know, television, music. Um, so essentially, like, and part of part of that being with music is is like I said, the touring—you can only make it so long as a Canadian band. You could be selling out arenas in Canada, but you, your total tour will be 15 shows. Um, so, it, and you can only do that run, you know, so many times to make a living. Um, so I think that's part of it, that, that Canadian music trends do in a certain sense have to follow the U S trends because they're the dominant player in the market. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's almost like, it's almost this kind of like, you know, Oh, you're Canadian. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're Canadian, but we're, we're serious here. You know, we uh, we love our music and, and it's, very family oriented, like you feel like a family with the bands that you're friends with here. So it's, uh, it's very cool.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, Laurel and likewise, I loved her role on Mad Love. I, I thought she was, she just has an, an absolutely stellar voice. How did the three of you meet? Well, it was, it was uh, actually through our producer. and which, was- is, which is funny because we
1: met our producer through her did we so (laughs) wow that was on the radio right (laughs) so yeah so i actually heard uh one of laurel's songs on the radio and really liked the production on it so looked it up and found the producer she worked with uh and messaged them and they you know we clicked with them right away we actually thought they were from the same city as us or i did anyways so when they were like oh i said oh we can just drive down the studio they're like no we live on the other side of the country it's like well flights it is then so you know we we really clicked with them and then uh and then because I, th- I think because I I had known of her, we had mentioned her to them a few times, and so when we went out there, it just seemed like a fit to to bring her in. She's a co-writer on the song as well, um, not just a, a vocalist. It actually was written as a as a four minutes later song with no with no Laurel on it, um, and she just from us watching her in the studio and hearing her sing different parts, like she has to be on the song. It, it doesn't,
2: doesn't sound right without her. Yeah. We, uh, we do have a version where it's just junior singing the whole way through. And and of course all the harmonies and all that good stuff. Uh, but we, we definitely wouldn't like junior said, when we're just having her around the studio and having her just sing the parts. And when she came up with a melody here, there, or lyrics here and there, or, um, it was. We just felt, and the, the kind of song it was—that that love song. It was, it was great to get that female voice on there too. And as you mentioned, her voice is fantastic. So how could we not want that on our track, right? So,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Any other artists that you're hoping to work with in the near future? Uh, There's a few we got up our
1: sleeves that we're currently talking with. Again, we don't want to jinx it. Um, <laughs> but then, I mean, there's there's always the dreams, right? There's always the. a perfect world I could be sitting in a studio with this guy or that guy and I think the big thing is we we just don't want to take our eyes off the prize and and we're happy to work with anyone any absolutely anyone so I think at the end of the day we keep writing music we're going to keep making music and if uh if we can involve any other person in it in some way shape or form and it ends up being something we're proud of then it ends up getting released so we might work with you know a dozen people on the album and only Few of them make the album not because we didn't like them or, or like working with them. Maybe we'll work with them and then on the next track or the next whatever. Um, they just we have to be passionate about the final product in order to put it out there. And uh, but I, I think it's just I'll, I'll work with anyone. I'll sit in a room and jam with anyone. So I'm I'm just happy to collaborate.
2: I think the biggest thing is uh, we believe and it, we find it so true that you you can always learn something from someone. Like everyone, there's no matter who they are, they're more more knowledgeable about something than you are. And so we do our best to just try to surround ourselves with as much talented people as we can and and just be sponges and just try to learn as much as we can from them. And um, like you said, whether that be uh, the neighbor next door who happens to play guitar or You know, in our wildest dreams, Julia Michaels, who we're sitting in the studio with, we just want to be sponges and and learn what we can from every person we can.
1: And I think for me, that stems from uh, and I I wish I remembered who told me this, but they basically told me you're never going to be the best at something ever. Ever. And it's looking at it from an honest picture. You're, you're never going to be the best guitarist in the world. You're never going to be the best singer in the world because there's always someone better, no matter what, there's always someone better.
2: No, you can open up Instagram right now and find 10 10 people better than you. There's
1: never going to be anyone ever better at being you than you. So that's why I always think I can always make myself better. So I always want to surround myself in a situation with people who are better at something than I am so whether that be recording writing engineering producing mixing because that way I can learn something from so I always try to, to be the least talented person in the room um, and then force myself to elevate my my kind of you know elevate my level at that what I can be at and push myself so that's I mean whether and, and a lot of unrecognized people are are the best of the best at writing or producing and they just haven't been discovered yet so there's nothing wrong with working with the the independent people just as much as there is, it's amazing to work with the well-knowns. Hmm.
0: I think that that is some really uh, key advice to not try and be the next so-and-so, but try and be the best you that you can be because there's some people that you can never match. It doesn't matter how hard you try. And I think that's just kind of kind of missing out on, on like being the best you and that should be like really key. Um, but what are some of the other uh, life lessons you've kind of gotten from like different artists over the years that have like stuck with you aside from what we just talked about? Just keep, keep going. I think the biggest thing is taste is subjective.
1: So got to have thick skin in this industry. You got to have a lot of people tell you that your stuff is crap and you're going to get a lot of no's before. Yes. Yeah. But, and that's one of the big things is don't take, don't take no from a person who can't say yes is another one that I love. Um, You know, if, if the person that you're talking to, whether it be, a manager or, or a, um, radio personality or something, if they don't have the authority to say, Hey, yeah, we'll play your song or we'll throw you on this tour. Don't let them tell you, no, talk to the person who can
2: tell, you no and hear no straight from the straight from the horse's mouth. And yeah, maybe just like, uh, even on managing expectations too, right. Just, um, you know, if you're, if you set expectations, you're, you're bound to, set yourself up for failure or disappointment um not that failure is a bad thing failure is actually a, a, a good thing um you know you gotta you gotta you're going to fail it's inevitable you're going to fail at some point and you know whether that be a song or or whatnot that might not hit with everyone um but it's it's just about um setting goals but not Expectations. I know those are kind of the same thing, so it's kind of weird to say that out loud, but um goals you can you can keep striving for and keep working for by expectations that's that's what's going to let you down.
1: Hmm. I think the best advice I ever have is never work with a guy named Moon. (laughs)
0: Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Um you might want to rethink that one. Yeah, geez, thanks. whoops, this got awkward fast. Um, <laughs> you know, you talk about uh, failures, and I'm curious what has been your biggest, like, failure as an artist, and, and, and like, how do you think you learned from it? I,
2: I like, fail, failure is a strong word. So, like, I think, um, you know, uh, maybe some shortcomings we had, maybe with some of some of our releases that we thought early on that might do a little bit better than they did. And and that's kind of where we learned to sort of manage those expectations where we thought, Hey, like this is our new EP. Everyone's going to want to hear it and everyone, everyone's going to love it. And uh, not to say we aren't super proud of it. We love our music and obviously, or, or we went, as we discussed, we wouldn't put it out there, but um, so kind of, I guess it's just learning from the mistakes and most of it, is not from a creative side. So when I so when I do say the EP maybe not being as successful as we thought, creatively it's as, as successful as we were hoping for or wanted to, to be. and uh, but from a business side as a do-it-yourself independent artist, there's a lot of learning and trial that go on the business side. So there's I would say a lot of business failures. Um, that we're learning along the way and and getting better at and, and how to manage ourselves as an artist, as artists. Um, so there's those failures. Uh, but um, yeah, some, some of our best, if
1: we want to call them failures, turn into the best things like, you know, trying to write a song and you feel like you failed at writing it and then the best stuff comes out. So it's, it's, as long as we're learning from any, kind of mistakes. I would say, to be honest, we haven't really failed yet as a whole. Like there's nothing that I look back at and say, Oh, we really failed at that or we really messed that up. Um, I look at, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of things say, wow, we, we would going forward we do that differently, but we've learned from it. And to me, that's, that's the most important thing is, is, uh, learning to get back up with any scenario, music, life, anything, learn to get back up and build from it and learn, take away something and take away something positive.
0: Okay. I like that mentality because I feel like, especially when you're like doing music, there are going to be setbacks. There are are going to be shortcomings and that you not only say, okay, this is going to happen, but you're ready to like learn from it. I think that, that that's a very positive attitude. I think some folks can't really take when that happens, but good on you guys.
2: Uh, you know, it, it's a very important process, and it's something a lot of industry people uh, look at too, like A and R agents and stuff from labels. A lot of them won't even look at bands until they're a few years old and, and have gone through those growing pains and and learning and discovery of, of what it means to be an artist, not just on not just as a creative, but a, as a business, because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And we were kind of discussing this the other day, and it's it's. It's funny. We're we basically want to be just good enough at the business side of things. So we never have to do any business side of things again. And we can just do all the creative music stuff. So that that's the kind of the way we look at it. If we can just get good enough at it so we never have to do it again and then make all the music we ever want. But
0: yeah, the business side of it, I think, has to be the hardest part, you know, like promoting yourself, marketing yourself, as you mentioned um like making something that is going to trend or that is going to be able to like, like accepted by, um, by the market at the time, that's going to be like the hardest part of the job.
1: I think it's hard too. Cause it's always changing. Like it's, it's, you know, what worked 20 years ago it wouldn't work today. And it's not saying it's better or worse. I mean, we have a lot of tools that the guys 20 years ago didn't have like social media, but that also makes it a more competitive market. So it's, it's learning at a fast rate that's going to help us succeed. Um, you know, learning how to adapt and learning how to always be on our toes and ready for, you know, what's coming. And it's, it's, I feel like we're starting to get a handle on the creative side of things. And I feel like anyone who tells you they've got a handle on the business side of things, even the most successful people, they're full of it. If they're telling you that they know what they're doing, because it's always changing. There's no way to, there's no way to know. I mean, even the Jimmy Iovines in the world and things like that, they, they're still, they're just, they're just taking their best shot at it. A lot of it's luck and timing and, and a lot of it's just experience. And, that's that's the way we're hoping to to gain all of our knowledge is through experience.
0: All right, um, I want to segue to your most recent release in my head. This is the first one I heard, and it was from there that I checked out everything else that same day. Um, absolutely love the song. The music videos are really cool. But I want Thank to you. ask about the story behind it because I my take on it, and this is I'm often wrong. But it sounded like it was dealing with like monsters in like like monsters inside your head. I'm curious uh, as to like sort of the theme of it was.
1: So I think it's really cool that you told us that um, because our big thing is both of us agree that we write a song from a certain perspective, and as long as it connects with someone on a certain level, that's cool. And Dave Grohl said the coolest thing about music is being on stage. You're singing something to the crowd, and there's a ten thousand people singing it back to you, all for different reasons. And it means something different to each one of those people. So we always like to just say when someone asks us what what's that song about, well, what what do you think it's about, or what's it about to you? And uh, coming from the perspective of writing, you hit the nail on the head pretty much. But uh, as far as what it's actually about, it's about kind of whatever anybody
0: needs it to be about. Mm. One line that really stuck with me was "My head goes on when the, when uh, when the lights go out." So I thought, "Hey, that's me on mo- on like most evenings. Great." <laughs> yeah and you know what um
2: junior might be able to speak a little better to it but it i mean that's exactly what it is right and it, it comes from from that not being able to uh get it whatever it is from that day or whatever it is that's troubling you uh out of your head you can't just shut off your mind and and you got these these monsters and and then like the lyrics say like at, at the end of the at the chorus, I, I know I'm better than the monsters in my head. Like, you, you just keep telling yourself that. And that, that was kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. The kind of, the, the backdrop of that was this, the song was very, instrumental was done on the, the track. We knew the lyrics and we kept coming up with things and, and feeling like it was fantastic for 10 minutes, then hating it. And then there was like 10 iterations of the song, 10 different versions, you know, nine different ways to Sunday. So it was like, it was very frustrating and it was just got to the point of, Oh my God, like, am I actually not good at this? Like that's, you know, that's what you go through as a songwriter is you, you maybe sometimes hit a a wall and you're thinking, am I actually not good at this? Did I just get lucky on the first couple ones I wrote? And so I started getting in my own head and I was like, you know what, why not, why not sing about actually being in my own head from this? And that's, that's what it is. Like everyone's, I think everyone's mind comes to life, life at night when you're laying in bed, trying to fall asleep. And and that's it. Just overcoming those monsters, whether they're they're you know, just about that day or, or some serious stuff going on in your life. You always got to try to overcome that.
0: When you're struggling with the uh, with the lyrics, how do you know when you got it? When you like how do you know when you like hear something back and think, yes, this is it. Mm-hmm. Final version done.
2: The drive test. Yeah, I would say the drive test. You, you drive in the car, you drive around, you blast them, you know, roll down the windows, blast the music. That's the, that's the only way, honestly, is
1: you got to even even if it's not fully done, if you're working on a lyric or working on a, a riff or whatever, if you think you like it, you have to walk away from it. You got to finish whatever you're doing, walk away, even if it's 10 minutes, grab a coffee and come back in the room with fresh ears, listen to it. If you still like it, chances are, it's, that's it. And don't overthink it. Um, if you're questioning it, then go with your gut and, and redo it. But the final product, whenever it's, you know, getting mixes or masters or whatever, it's always a drive test. Throw it on in your car turn it up to 11 and just drive. And if it makes you feel good, then, you know, that's it.
2: And we're also uh, very lucky to work with some, you know, really talented producers and, and, and e- they're equally as good as songwriting too. And and they, they join us on the songwriting for a lot of our tracks and um, to, to have them uh, some, to bounce ideas off of is, is huge. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're just, we're just two guys. And so it, it takes a team to, to really make a band or an artist. And it's not, it's not just the artists. There's a lot of people playing and work behind the scenes from PR to producers to, to songwriters that, that we work with. And, and you know, um, so we're, we are very fortunate to have a, a very strong team behind us who, who uh, believe in us.
0: All right. All right. So, what is next for you guys? I mean, like we talked about uh, shows, about 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 how that's a little bit like on hold for now. But you have uh, any music uh, coming out? We do, yeah. We so we have a new.
2: Well, if for anyone listening, this this will kind of announce it, I guess. We have a new song coming out next month. Um, The date isn't finalized, so I'm not going to say the date, but it, it will be sometime in September and um so we're, we're really excited about that and um hopefully one more too before the year's out and then uh the album coming in the works too and and with that being said uh, a little bit further uh into that is you know hopefully starting to get shows going again and then once we get on the road we hope we never come off of it so yeah and i, I think always like with a with a cycle of a release
1: is always content so i mean you know music video and and visualizers and just fun content like i think we i think my big thing is i want to break the mold of of hey this is what we have to do we have to do a music video we have to do this let's just do some fun stuff let's film some fun stuff and, and let our fans get to know us and we can get to know them through it so i think lots of content coming whether it be music video live shows there, there's there's tons of stuff coming
0: all right. All right. Well, Junior Moon, I uh, love talking to you guys. I am loving the music and definitely looking forward uh, to what comes next.
1: Yeah, we, we've enjoyed talking to you and, and thank you for having us. And hopefully, we'll get to do it again sometime. And uh,
0: when we do make it out to Boston for a show, definitely love to see you there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And for all other folks at home, you go uh, to 4mlmusic.com. You'll find all the socials, the music. Check them out. And uh, like you said, guys, we'll talk soon absolutely cheers hi this is singer kate Eppers, and you're listening to citywide blackout okay everyone that brings this show to a close big thanks to junior and moon for joining me and be sure to follow them on their socials and on spotify to check out all the new music they have in the works and for this show well you can find it anywhere you check out your podcasts Follow me on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. And if you or someone you know should be a guest on the show, it's really easy. Message me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and we'll make it happen. Now, to close things out, I've got the newest single from Four Minutes Later. It's called In My Head, and it's a song that got this whole episode started. As always, keep those ears open.
2: to watch me fall lie to me don't tell the truth broken glass no excuse my best friend and my worst enemy in my head mirror mirror on the wall fairy tales aren't true at all i fight myself
1: for some